Bleeds Pixels. Lost tangents and lost lives, lost sprites and lost nights. Everything's been played and played out, but here, the skybox is the limit. To follow is a parallax scrolling, derezzed rant that's mostly about video games. Mostly. I'm Matt. I'm Tony, and in this episode we have the mid-school memory year of 2004, updates on what we've been playing, and a chill chat about how sexy your dad is. So let's get started. <laughs> South Park, The Fractured Butthole, the sequel to The Stick of Truth, has you trade in your sword and sandals for spandex as you become South Park's newest superhero. Both games have multiple hidden ways to end the game early, and one is found quickly after you start the game. Once you gain access to the Coon Lair, and you can explore it, you come across what happens to be a simple Rubik's Cube placed under a glass dome with the words Danger, Do Not Touch on a sign near it. If you try to hit said Rubik's Cube, Cartman will stop what he's doing and come over to yell at you. It is in fact the cube of ultimate destruction which has the power to blow up the entire Milky Way, so you better not mess with it. Now what you should do here is continue to mess with it. Keep hitting it until the cube falls to the floor where Cartman will scream no and you immediately get a game over as you're taken to a you died screen. You've obviously just blown up the Milky Way. It bleeds pixels. So now we'll get into what's playing. I've been playing Littlewood. I downloaded this on Steam. It's the first game I've played on Steam in a long time, as I have going backwards of what I just what I'm just saying there is I've set up my shrine. So I've set up my PC, I've got my shelving, I've got my toys all set up. I've got a this shed- is the shrine the shrine that the wife allowed? The, the yep, the wifey allowed me. Um <laughs> and so I got Shenmue one and two poster up, a little like a Space Invaders dude sitting on the wall there, and I got my, I got a Mandalorian figure. That's another thing I got. Oh, red. Um, a Star Wars. How many of these? How many of these are pop vinyls? <laughs> and how many? How many so, of them are actually figurines? Yeah, so I got. Talk I got to a, me now. Oh, there's so many pop vinyls. Probably like 99 percent <laughs> pop vinyls, man. Um, so yeah, that, that is my thing. So going back again, I'm going back in time with what I'm saying here. So. I was like, yep, sweet, ordered my table, that arrived, ordered my PC, that arrived, much respect, it's a second-hand PC that I, that I got off Trade Me, which is our, for anybody, for all our American listeners, it's, um, uh, that's, that's our eBay, uh, Amazon, or whatever the fuck, and, um, yeah, so anyway, that all came, and I set it all up as mint, put my shelving up, like, cut it, screwed it to the wall, or mint, like, DIY'd it. And um, got my Shenmue poster out of its, out of the game that I bought, that Xbox game, and chucked that up. And um, yes, I'm deciding to um, be a PC guy now, PC Master Race, I guess. PC. I don't know. <laughs> Showing um, off your PCness. Yeah, we'll we'll see how we go with that. But I'm still a console sounds like guy. A, sounds yep. like a big PCness. <laughs> For sure. So where was I going? Yeah. So I downloaded. I was like, what am I going to play first? So I was like, well, I want to play something in the vein of, you know, my, um, something right up my alley, like a, like a life sim. I've seen good reviews on this game called Littlewood. So on Steam, I basically downloaded it and went to town on it and I've been grinding the fuck out of it to hundred percent. And it's like, so right up my alley. So it reminds me of like, you can like get an NPC, like a local villager and they you give them a compliment and you can talk to them, but you can also hang out with them for the day. So they yep. follow they follow you around like Earthbound or like 
on Pokemon, like Pokemon oh, is it yellow or whatever, or um, Soul Silver. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and and so the the person like follows you around through the day. There's no what's cool about it is like something will happen, like one of my kids or some shit. Obviously, being a dad and a gamer, I gotta like get up and sort shit out and come back to the game later. But I can like leave the game running, stand up, go away for like two hours, come back, and just start playing again because the game, the in-game time of the the day is mm-hmm. for your energy levels. So when yep. I was starting out the game, there was this bar that was maxing as I was like going through shit, and I thought that was like my shit leveling up, but <laughs> I kept fainting, and I was like, "What?" Because you expect like your life to go down not up um yep. if that makes sense but it goes up so you just have to stop in the day that it'll go like night time as you're like getting tired so yeah it's just such a cool game man it's got like um good quality of life stuff in it so you can like quick travel so you can like uh what is it i'm sorry <laughs> i'm new to computer store so you right click and you go to the menu you can just go go home and so you go straight home you don't actually have to like jump in this air balloon and like i'm talking about physically physically like getting there exactly like you can just fast time travel which is real like quality of life stuff for the fact that you have a real life as well outside of gaming so nice yeah it's like um parts it reminds me of animal crossing stardew harvest moon what else have i got to say about it um i'm probably the achievements i'm probably like 90 percent through everything and then now that I know what I'm doing, it then makes me go like, oh, this in the future may be possibly something I would like to stream or something now that I know what I'm doing. Because to start off with, I was like, as I am in any game, I'm like confused on what the fuck am I doing? I love it, eh? It took me a while to get into because I was a bit like, oh, I get that whole thing like, oh, this isn't quite like Stardew Valley. and <laughs> But it's like, yeah, once you warm to it and you get the lore and then you get what you're doing and you get the menus and you can grind for those achievements and it's, it's all about leveling up. So like everything in the game is, has a level up system like absolutely anything you can think of so yep. it's very very moorish um and it's that yeah. whole game where you're like just one more day one more day and then it ends up being yep. like 1 a.m and i'm like fuck i gotta go to sleep um, those, and- those sort of uh quick satisfaction games are pretty good with their you know like every little thing you're doing makes you feel like you're accomplishing something so none of it feels like a waste yeah it's um super fun and you set up your town the way you want and you've got to like uh, one more thing on that game so like each villager has a house and their house has to have certain things in it and so when you set your town up they want to be nearer to somebody or further away from somebody or on a higher level you have to raise the ground level up and put them higher or lower and it's sort of like so it's cool because you're like designing your town in this like 16-bit way you can't Mm -hmm. Yeah, once you think you have your town all set up, the villager will be like, oh, no, I want this and this. And you're like, oh, fuck, so you have to like redesign your town. Yeah, and the other thing I've been playing is Instagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been <laughs> great. <that> <laughs> it's, it's such a good game, man. You guys should try it out. So follow us on Instagram. I'm just grinding, getting, getting us up, you know, f- for some followers and shit. I just have a personal goal to get us to a thousand followers. There's no cool, real, How, there's no real. What are we at? Like almost 500. So getting up there, I don't know the exact number, like 450 or something at the moment, or just under oh, we that. Might have to, we might have to start watching what we're saying if people are actually listening. Nah, we'll probably get worse. <laughs> that's um, the spirit. Yeah, that's the spirit. We've got to be ourselves, right? Yeah, so I've been playing Instagram, grinding through, you know, and it's cool because it's given us a, uh, a bit for the Q&A segment this, this time around. We've got about three questions we're going to answer this time. So for those that are cool. listening, we appreciate it heaps, and thanks for following us on Instagram and playing the game of instagram so what have you been playing matt uh i'm still very i'm 
take my time. I'm, I'm savoring it. Uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. You got to cherish uh, it. Oh, yeah. There's so much more to go. Not, not, not yet. Can't finish. <laughs> so much more to go. I don't, I'm probably saying that wrong, but you got the reference. So that's all yeah, it's a never-ending never ending story, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. That, that little weasel eating his sandwich in, in the rain. Yeah. Uh, up in the attic. In the attic, yeah. yeah. In the attic. Red fire dog. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I think, because yeah, last last episode was my first undertaking of it. So I went very slowly, did the, the first chapters. It's weird to sort of have to say chapters because they sort of split themselves up. Because there was never really, it's an RPG, so there's never really levels. It just keeps going to the end. You stop where you want to stop with save points. But, and there are, you can save all throughout it. But it just, because it's chapters, it's almost like each time I play it, I try and pick to try and complete the chapter. And I'm like, well, that's me done and I can stop and we'll come back to it at a later date. So finished the first chapter, which was the bombing of the first reactor. Well, I think I may even got a bit further. I might have got to the slums where there were side quests, but I, I got up to the. Uh, I've done. I've done two more chapters, one with a very annoying motorcycle chase slash mini game, which was infuriating. So uh, I, I'm sure there's probably some completion thing I'll have to do once I go back for trophies, which I'm not looking forward to doing that again. That was painful. But got to the second reactor mission where again you try to blow it up, and had another moment where everything sort of goes wrong on the second mission so you're coming through from a different angle but you end up in in the original game it was the same rendered reactor you could sort of see it it was the same you just came in from a different side of the screen when i came through this time in full 3d glorious hd remake and was up on a high point and looked down and saw what i remembered from 1997 but fully realized in 3d beautiful glory i had another sort of like <gasps> like oh you know, my sphincter was tightening. Like, I remember this. Cool. This is video games. I like video games again. Ooh, feelings. I'm not used to feelings these days. But um, yeah, I definitely had a, a, a nice sort of tingly, spine tingly moment. And that's kind of it. I, again, I still, I'm never going to love it the same way that I did the original. But it still has these moments every now and then. that I'm like, this game's pretty good. All my apprehensions. Combat can still be very frustrating because it's different so but i find it good because it's then in turn challenging you know i i can i could sleepwalk through a playthrough of the actual ps1 game probably you know because it is turn based so you can sort of take it at your leisure but this time every battle got to be on your toes so yeah did two chapters absolutely in love with it but again got to slow down gotta can't get through it all just yet because um i know again i don't know if even I, I was aware of this before I even did The Undertaking. And I think maybe I mentioned it to you that it's part one, even though they're just calling it remake. So I know it's all based in what wasn't even... Because the original game was three discs. And from what I gathered, this remake isn't even one original disc of what the game is. So it's only the Midgar section, which is the first part of the game. Uh, so yeah, got to be slow and careful with it because it's, it's, they're panning things out, but it might not be forever. The only panic I have is is that not only will there be part two, which, of course, you want there to be a part two to finish the story, but I'm worried that there's also going to be part three, four, five, and six, and they'll milk it forever, and I won't even get to finish the remake because I'll be dead. So, apart from that, apart from that, uh, I am enjoying playing video games at the moment with the remake. I, I'm, I'm surprised at how much I'm liking it. So, yeah, I will continue to keep chipping away at it, trying not to get too far ahead, but it is tempting sometimes because you know why sleep when i could be 
grinding, you know. So yeah, I feel that's I feel that. I feel that. That's awesome, man. Nice. And the other, the big issue that I do have though is uh, sometimes something will pop up that even though I'm playing this game, I've seen that they've just done a. It wasn't the greatest game, but I remember having a lot of fun with it. It was a game called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, which was like a action adventure game on the 360. And I know I say I'm not huge on the action RPG games, but the 360 was pretty starved for RPGs, so you could take what you could get. And they've just done a reissue, which is on the PS4. So there's a part of me that, even while I'm still playing this game, is like, oh, I can already see what I'm going to hopefully play next. So maybe I do have to rush through it, maybe so I can have more stuff to talk about. Two yeah. games at, at the same time is yeah, I'm I'm a bit monogamous when it comes to games like I can't cheat on a, a game I play one at, at at the time so we'll get to that one in due course yeah I think I'm much the same I, I tend to um, delve in and only play one at a time the only exception these days is if I'm obviously playing games games with my kid or something yeah. like that um, then I jump a little bit but not really I very much am obsessive compulsive in what i play like when i used to play halo it was like all i used to play or like yeah um if i'm playing a shooter it tends to be yeah i mean i think i'm exactly like that when i played like arkham asylum or something like that or or whatever i i definitely go i dedicate the time to that the only time i've not played played separate shit is probably when i was hard out into pogo mm. so pokemon going yeah i I do, I do play the odd uh, phone game, but I don't consider that cheating because nah. you know, that's, that's, they're barely games. And that's most so of the time separate. it is done sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Totes. Totes and goats. Up next is our Q&A. This time around we have three questions. And thanks so much to the people that have um, contacted us and hit us up. If anybody out there, feel free to do so um we're going to start off with um kirsten i should probably go back a little bit there <laughs> so hit us up on the instagram or any of our social media platforms preferably the instagram hit us in the dms anyway we'll go we'll go to kirsten so our friend kirsten has a question which is the best soundtracks and games that we've played so what are the best soundtracks tracks and games that we've played oh that's that's a good question yeah uh I can say hands down what my favorite is. Uh, it, I guess I kind of answered it in the last section too. It is the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. Could I could I just ask? Is that was that at the end of the last episode? What was Final Fantasy soundtrack like a soundbite? Oh yes, yes, yes. That was the victory fanfare, and I'm pretty sure it yes, was the, it was I, the one one from seven. Yeah, I, I knew that. You're the smartest man alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, which, oh, you know, who knows? Maybe even spoilers at the end of this one. Uh, maybe there's a Final Fantasy song, or who knows? Because I'm sure you've got a, a bunch of songs which, you know, we could easily put in. It is a... Video game music for me is uh, a beautiful thing. Uh, and I think it, it started with the 7 soundtrack because up until then, you know, you'd played games that had, you know, tunes. And there's definitely some, like, sort of iconic ones, like, you know, the Legend of Zelda theme or something from Mega Man. But mainly it was also all the sort of feelings caught up with that game. But there was just a few songs in there that just completely knocked my socks off. And as I was playing through this world, 
the music matched where I was. So, you know, you were in Start the Games in the dirty slums of this industrial town and everything's all sort of cold and metallic and miserable and you sort of finally escape out into the wilderness and get to explore outside the city and you go to like a beach town and there's kind of like a, not that I'm into reggae by any means, but, you know, you were getting a sort of Calypso-esque song that sort of matched its, its, uh, its, its world and it all built up to just be like this whole whole package. And yeah, so the seven soundtrack, mainly it's because of one specific song. Uh, so if we're even going to go into st songs, which I can do, uh, it is called One Winged Angel, and it is the final boss's theme song. He gets his own battle music. Uh, and it is, when I heard it, it blew my fucking brains out. My little, little head just couldn't handle it, because this suddenly had lyrics. Uh, it has a full, like, Latin choir singing in the background while the big menacing boss comes in and you just feel the tension and it's your last ditch effort he's been hounding you all game and you know here's your chance to take it to him and this latin choir is singing his name while he's summoning planet-sized asteroids to come and destroy you oh I, I i was so excited and yeah this was sort of then like even the first sort of few attempts at napster you know, to download songs, I downloaded the tiniest versions of One Winged Angel and would just listen to it by myself. <laughs> uh, I used to walk around with it on my iPod when I could, you know, and finally, I think it was one of the first ever albums I downloaded completely when my internet was fast enough to do so. And that kind of music set the tone for what I liked. So majority of, there's always, every Final Fantasy has a song that I absolutely love. And I would say my biggest sort of, uh, What's the word? Guilt, guilty pleasure? It was songs that songs that started putting lyrics in it. And they were guilty pleasures because they had lyrics. They they were totally sung, but they were like weird Japanese pop songs. So you've got uh, Eyes on Me from Final Fantasy VIII. Again, eights. Uh, but you had Melodies of Life from Nine, And then advancing on from that. Uh, another song I snuck into one of our end credits is one of the fight musics from Persona 5, which was this weird jazz-infused upbeat pop song while you're trying to kill monsters. I loved it, eh? It was the sort of more, I guess, weeaboo and, and embarrassing it was, the more I was actually like, man, I could get down to this. So yeah, there will be a few people that can attest, attest that I've uh, sometimes put on songs and at inappropriate moments and will put on obscure Japanese pop songs that all come from video games and also anime intros so there's a shout out there to Neon Genesis Evangelion's intro love that shit but honorable mentions before I, I you know I need to wrap this shit up but uh the Dragon Quest theme song is amazing uh the whole Jet Set Radio soundtrack Parappa the Rapper you know gotta sh give a shout out to my Preach. Uh, got uh, an actual really cool chip tune song that I remember, well, album even that I remember finding a while ago uh, for Wolverine Adamantium Rage, which is amazing. Uh, and then there's a chip tune band called Adamanaguchi who did the soundtrack for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game. And I will also just, I would be remiss. Uh, obviously, it is not a video game song. But, but I have to do a shout out to Carpenter Brute, Wake Up the President, because that is the song we have jacked for this podcast. Please don't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> Carpenter Crute, you, uh, that's who it is. I, I have downpitched it slightly and yeah, you, no it's not. <laughs> We're promoting you. Yeah, because I, I, I hooked up the YouTube and we demonetized it straight away. <laughs> yeah. um, 
man, that, that, sweet. that algorithm must yeah. work quick, man, to pick that shit up. Shit. Like, we don't... Computers and surely, AI knowing what shit is straight away. Yeah, surely there's, like, barely any views and they're already still like, nah, not even a chance. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Suz? What's your What's your faves? Sweet, I'm into it. Um, This is funny because I kind of want to... I have a tendency to be super cringed out by things like American Idol and stuff and seeing people sing in that. So, um... <laughs> We're, we're we're doing this like this is another thing right now that you guys obviously probably don't know but we're like looking at each other intently. for the first time in the eyes intently in the eyes yeah and the eyes in the eyes um in her eyes, in her pa- eyes. passionately and mics um we're, we're testing out um software and we're testing out computers and we're testing out mics and all sorts of things so this is an experiment who knows this may not even see the light of day <laughs> it might not even be recording right now <laughs> but anyway my answer is very western i'm a very much a white man i think um and my uh, so my my answers are sort of I, like i am looking at a white man yeah i'm a white man and i don't have that sort of like i'm almost jealous because i don't have i've never l- played a game and then listened to the music the way you have like downloaded an album after playing like i've never done that mm-hmm. and so i sort of feel like oh um that's a bit shit that i've never done that but um there's games that i immediately think of again i can mention stardew valley which is a game that i played a lot of and the game is yeah uh, the music is quite soothing and things like that but my, but my actual answer is um to, to not talk about the game every episode <laughs> is um <laughs> no you have to you have to. yeah is um mass effect 2 and halo and for this re- ah, yep. for this reason, it's mainly mainly the waiting menus. So when I'm like, cool, gonna play this, and I'll be waiting for my next match. Yeah, so I, I'll boot up the game, and I have it sitting there waiting as I go get a snack or I sort my shit out before I sit down. And it's sort of like it sets me up. Like I feel like, and these games have, you know, like Halo, it's like, oh, yeah. And you're just like, yeah, that, that's every yeah. one. Yeah, and like makes your heart like go. Yeah, I always picture the yeah. jeep. The minute I hear that 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 uh, that riff, I just picture the jeep missing that jump over and over and over again. Yeah, and I just I just picture going into ODST and just getting ready to 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 fuck people up. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. Like going to go to war. Um, not that I'd ever actually want to go to war, but you know, it's. Uh, well, you live vicariously yeah. through these pixels sometimes yeah. too, both, you know, yeah, and sound I think and vision. Mass, Mass Effect 2 is a game that obviously at some point I'm going to talk about because that was that came to me at a time in my life that I desperately needed something positive in my life. And um, I remember I when, you, on a, when you told me you were playing that, I was like, I was excited because I was like, oh, it's like a gateway drug to RPGs. Totally so close. Yeah. Oh, shit. And it was like the first taste of like third person action rpg-ish kind of stuff but I'll, I'll talk about this on another episode but so just just in the menus of of that game waiting and it's like real soothing and the it sounds like real like spacecraft like futuristic and shit as you're like setting up to do your next mission and stuff so yeah that's that's my answer to to that question and just thanks so much kirsten that's yeah. so awesome thank, thank you, kirsten. you what's our next one so our next question is do we have any experiences with the legend of zelda series and this is from stuart so cheers for the question, Stuart, and I'll let, uh, I'm actually going to let uh, Matt answer this one, because just quickly with me, 
Um, before you talk, Matt. Tell <laughs> 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 um, So I did. I grew up with Sega. I didn't grow up with like classic Nintendo and shit. I had a Game Boy, but I had no um, Game Boy titles on them. I have since played the original Zelda one and two, and um, uh, what the hell is the one on Game Boy? So uh, Link. Oh, I played Link to the Past, mm-hmm. and I played the one on Game Boy that they remade. They remade that one? Yeah. What's I'm that trying, one called? I can't remember that one. Uh, Link's Awakening? Link to the, Link's Awakening. That's the one. Yep. Link's Awakening in the DX. So I played the one that was on Color, Game Boy yep. Color, because they made it on Game Boy, and then they remade it for Color. Um, so, But I played them more recently, sort of like in the last eight years sort of thing. Yep. And with the Game Boy... Ah, sorry. The I wish they made a Game Boy Classic. They really need to. That would be fucking amazing. But they made a NES Classic and an SNES, SNES Classic. And obviously the Switch has the online store. Mm-hmm. So I've played some of the games lately. But I'm a little bit ashamed to say that I never played them back in the day. But again, I just had a Sega and our town was like Sega crazy. Yep. Um, so And I've played Breath of the Wild, which is one of... I, I'd almost say it's right up there with like best games of all time for me. Yep. But um, I'll let Matt answer this because he has played more. No, he hasn't. <laughs> okay. That's right. I was like, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm exactly the same. Uh, I, I had a Sega too. Uh, so when I got to play them, I did have the um, Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. It was uh, the, I remember cracking up too because I think it was, oh, it's on color. And I didn't have a color Game Boy, but I think it still worked on a Game Boy. So I remember buying it. Then I ended up with a Game Boy color and I was like, oh, Slightly greeny pastels. Cool. Yeah. But um, no, I, I played everything late too. Uh, up until then, my experience really had been my cousins had a Nintendo 64. And I remember caring so much about Ocarina of Time. So I got to play yeah. it every time I was around at their place. But they also lived up north, so it wasn't a common occurrence. So when I finally got to go back, you know, months later to stay the night, I was like, oh, can we play Legend of Zelda? And they were like, no, 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 we're, we're playing Banjo-Kazooie now. And I went, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, but I did end up playing pretty much exactly what you said. One, two, uh, A Link to the Past. Uh, all the SNES and NES ones emulated, though. Not on the uh, the classic, yeah. just on a computer. So did you play the Nintendo 64, GameCube, Wii? Did you play any of them? What I ended up doing was they did the reissue of Ocarina of Time on the DS. So uh, I had yes. played it and clocked it. Uh so, but that is about really the most experience I sort of put into Zelda. Apart from that, I still sort of know it in and out, and I've looked up history lessons, and I think it's amazing. I own um, a weird comic book, like a manga that I bought, all about Legend of Zelda. But yeah, I actually have a feeling you know and have more experience with Zelda than I do, because I would really like you to tell me more, and I would like to play Breath of the Wild too. I would like you to tell oh, me more shit. about Breath of the Wild. Go crazy, go nuts yeah i'll do that on our mid-school memory when we hit that year or something nice well there's spoiler i guess there's uh, a long-winded answer for Stuart that um will answer you in a few episodes time <laughs> keep, so yeah, man, keep, keep listening and it's definitely something you can go back to and oh, i've seen yeah. a little bit of some youtube videos on people saying that you know it's arguably the first zelda is just like phenomenal yep. like as far as like open world Link, um, Link to the Past, I think, is of, of the ones that I, you know, those earlier ones that I played. Obviously, it was, you know, a few steps ahead of, well, to be honest, I played uh, Link 2, Zelda 2, whatever it was, but didn't really give too much because it was the different gameplay and the, the weird sort of side-scrolling. So I gave up on that one, but 
uh, Link to the Past was the SNES one, and that was amazing. So I've played that a few times. Um, and I think they even did it. There's like a special edition re they revisited that on the DS too, which I should look into. Yeah, so there's... Because I even wrote down what the ones were that came out and like... But they came out again on handhelds and mm. stuff and they remade them for the next um, consoles because it goes like Legend of Zelda, then which is like Famicom in Japan, then it came to the NES. Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Then it goes Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, Link to the Past, Four Swords, Wind Waker, Four Swords Adventures, The Minish Cap, Twilight Princess, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, Skyward Sword, A Link Between Worlds, Triforce Heroes, and Breath of the Wild. Um, so that's like the list of them. There was also another one on the Wii U, which was like a... Is they, it Triforce Heroes? They did a... Um, oh, there's the fighting one. They did that Hyrule Warriors, which was the Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors knockoff. That's it. Which um, I, pl- I played that. Yeah, I played Dynasty Warriors games. They're sort of button-mashing mindless fun yeah they were mine it was mindless fighting <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. i'll even um, give a, a weird shout out uh to alundra <laughs> which was a playstation okay. one game but it was it had ripped off legend of zelda but it was 32 bits so it was yeah. really beautiful cell shaded but it was it was it was a ripoff of a link to a past and it was really difficult but i remember renting that a few times from the video store and absolutely loved that game and that is part of my ps1 collection uh, so shout out to Alundra. I hope that answers your question, Stuart. <laughs> That's fucking dope. And we've got Breath of the Wild two coming up. But prior to that, there was a a um, there's another Breath of the Wild prequel coming out, which okay. sort of like shocked people. And um, so that'll be interesting. That's coming out before Breath of the Wild two. But yeah, that that answers that. Um, I guess and just look forward to the Breath of the Wild. Um, and eventually Matt will get. A switch and, and play that too and we can have a big conversation about it because this is another thing that i was thinking about like in the future in the future we could um like do like episodes on certain games yes. and shit like that like yeah. just brainstorming right now um no, so that I, might be something we i'm with do. you on that yeah. i i still i i i, I envision a, a specific final fantasy episode one day yeah and that'll come to our patreon exclusive yeah. all you have to do is give us one thousand dollars yeah and, that, and then you'll of... get half the episode <laughs> and then you give us another thousand you get the other half that'll be the one so that's cool one goalpost we have once we get yeah. to two million dollars matt will talk about a specific final fantasy game yeah so that's all we and need. it'll just be me Thank saying you. i like it <laughs> spoilers <laughs> that's probably what i'll say <laughs> A few, nice. times, a few times okay so here we go into our third question okay which um this is cool this comes comes to us off insta so thanks very much man um this comes from rory he says what what are your best tips for the first time final fantasy player for final fantasy 7 on playstation 1 never played a final fantasy before not the remake nothing so what are the tips matt oh so the actual original playstation final fantasy 7 I guess like maybe the remaster or something like that. Oh, uh, that's a no. Question. Just he's gonna play. He's gonna jump into the original. Gotcha. Gotcha. Original yep. Final Fantasy VII game. Yeah. Tips. Uh, if you've never played it, because I guess if you've never played a Final Fantasy, it probably means you probably haven't really played any RPGs either. So, uh, stockpile your items that uh, will replenish your magic. Health's easy enough to come by, but there's certain ones when magic 
you can run out of that quickly. Um, that's for all RPGs. I'll give you a broad blanket what you should do in an RPG. Grind. Be prepared to grind. Uh, maybe even a little bit at the start. Uh, save your money until uh, a better item. You know, the best, the best gear. Uh, usually you'll come to your first shop and you can buy stuff and you'll be sorted. But you'll actually find every time you go to a new area, there's uh, new stuff waiting for you. So once you get the steel materia, because I am now talking seven specifically, start stealing from everything too, because certain enemies earlier have good uh, armor and equipment. Uh, I remember, I think it's the striking staff, which is a weapon for Eris. Not immediately at the start, but once you're going through the, the train graveyard, there's a, a monster in there. I think it's called Allegor. Steal that staff. That's good, because it's got heaps of materia slots. Um... Grind, 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 grind. I'll keep saying that. Um, it's sometimes easier if you do it a bit earlier because then you can coast through the game a lot quicker. Um, yeah. I'm uh, excited for you. Uh, having to, like, get into play that game again for the first time. My penis would be out for most of it. <laughs> Sorry to put that picture in your head, Rory. Um, I hope that I hope that helped. <laughs> nice awesome it's maybe sometimes hard to do without spoilers eh you want to be like yes yes yeah well, and i mean seven has this the spoiler that i think everyone already knows which is snape kills dumbledore <coughs> so people will get that one weird little side mechanic that sort of exists that you it's hidden in the the, the background of the game you don't even quite realize that you're doing it in seven uh, is that you're given a few choices, and depending on who you're nice to, you end up on a date with certain characters. Uh, so you can kind of pick early who you want to date. There's obviously Eris and Tifa, but there is also another option, which is you can go on a date with Barrett. So uh, if you want to go for that, uh, be mean to all the girls and say nice things to Barrett, and you will go on a date at a casino with Barrett. Spoilers. <laughs> We're into chill chats, going to have a chill chat about whatever. Um, I'll go first, as always. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> we, um, I, I mentioned this in the, I sort of bled into what's playing. So, I think we're sort of learning about the what's playing in the chill chat segments, hopefully not bleeding into one another too much. But I guess I did by accident this episode. But anyway, this time around. But anyway, my gaming corner, uh, my shine is dripping, it's straight drip. <laughs> I got, um, okay, so hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What the, <laughs> no, no, no. What the I don't want to explain this. What the this. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you um, have... A, it's uh, your your house is damp? <laughs> yeah, man, we've got a leaky... We've got leaky roof here. Um, I have... <laughs> I'm going to... I don't want to explain that. Um, we're, I'm collecting the Black Series uh, Star Wars figures. Mm -hmm. what, collecting, I have two of them. Well, it's, but, it's um, a start. Yeah, so what I wanted to do was... Like, what am I collecting here? What am I doing? Because I feel like I'm all over the place. So I was like, I like my pops, as you know. Mm -hmm. So I want to do, <laughs> so I want to collect, um, like, horror pops. Because um, when I see them, they definitely give me the whole, like, I don't know, they give me this feeling. Yeah. It makes me feel good in my in my pants. You know what I mean? I, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> when I take a certain pill. <laughs> yeah so on friday um, i saw the 
I saw the Mandalorian. It was just, I, I do that thing where I'm like, I've got nothing to do and I'm not working at the time and my kids will be at school or some shit. And I'll just be like, I'm going to go look at the toys. I do it quite often. It's like a therapeutic thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I like bolted around and I was like, oh shit. They had like new black series figures out. Generally the good ones get taken straight away. So I managed to like, obviously get there in the morning when they just put them out and they had like wicker and like they had like the old school movies, the, you know, yep. Not one, two, and three because it's not what they are. It's like four, five, and six episodes. They had like you know, the fuck are they called? Ewoks. So they had like which are real cool. Like the way their fur is on the plastic is like I just love like how detailed they are. Mm -hmm. And the black series is just has that quality to it and the articulation. I think the paint jobs, in my opinion, could be a little bit better. But anyway, I still think they're cool. There's a the Mandalorian. As soon as I saw that, I was like, yep, I'm getting that. Um, cause I don't like the one thing with the pop vinyls is the Star Wars ones have this base that's always on them and I fucking hate it. Uh, so I don't ever get any of them just because of that. I don't know what it is. I just, I just hate this permanent base that they all have on them. Well, is it cause their heads are so big they can't stand up on their own or like, do they need the well, base? Yeah. All the pops are kind of like that. So like I ended up getting a Chucky pop and, um, most of my figures actually, I actually chuck, I don't know if you do this, but I chuck um, blue tack under the feet so that they stay. No, I, I do that. Yep. Okay, cool. When, when, um, when, it's, when it's needed, me. for sure. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So whereas like, I did get like a Squirtle, for example, um, the pop of that, and that's a bit smaller and it seems to stay up. But some of them are, they're top heavy because the fucking heads are real big. Mm. So um, the base does stabilize them so they're good that way. But I don't know what it is. I don't like it. it it's like, it's not a action figure even though they aren't really act they're not action figures they're whatever yeah. they're just but you're taking the pop, possibility pop, pop, of, taking the possibility of it being an action figure out of your hands if you've got it permanently stuck yeah. in the base whereas it's, even with exactly, blue tech exactly. it's still i can move around if i want yeah it feels like it's not an action figure for hmm. some reason but so like i like my ninja turtles because they have the classic series because they had a base but that you can clip it on and off yep that's a real cool feature that they have. Um, anyway, so yeah, I've decided in the future that I will I can narrow down so I don't have to collect them all because the pops are just fucking ridiculous. With like like I've said to you, it's like Marty McFly with glasses, without glasses, yep. with a skateboard, with a, it's just like you ridiculous. said variants so, as well too, right? Yeah. So what I want to do is just go. Okay, I want a Chucky. Which one do I want? I'll get that one. You know, I want whatever, like Alien or oh, Aliens, and I want which one do I want? That one, and just like collect one of so i don't have like all different aliens i just kind of want like one of the alien pop one of the chucky pop one of the and just collect collect them so that's kind of a cool thing that in my mind i think i'm cool <laughs> i can i can do that you are and then have some select few star wars characters that i think are cool so not collecting them all nothing like that just collecting ones i like if i come across them so yeah that's my thing nice what was yeah. the what was the second star wars black label that you bought because you had the mandalorian what did you get a a uh, Ewok. No, so I only bought the Mandalorian, but the second one I have, which I bought ages ago, is Darth Vader. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, which is fucking sick because it comes with, like, his cape is, like, fabric-y, mm. which reminds me of, like, OG old school shit. It's not all plastic, you know? Everything is pristine. 
yeah, that's what I've, what have I got there? I set up the YouTube, so give us a follow, uh, subscribe, like, comment, subscribe on that if you want. If not, all cool. But hopefully, I don't know. We may do some other content on on there at some point. But for now, we're just gonna slap the the, the podcast up mm-hmm. in video form. So that was cool. Like again, that was real like a therapeutic thing for me. Like downloading the software, learning how to use it, yep. all of that. Um, it's a learning process for me as I'm a fucking old man now. Yeah, it was a good um, good job, Tony. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, chill chat. What else have we got? Um, yeah. Uh, have you got anything else to say? Have you got any, oh, it's our 10th episode, man. Hooray. Shit, yeah, it is. Congratulations, Tony. We made it. Yeah, man. It's um, it's a big feat. We, we stuck to it for 10 eps, and it's pretty cool. And yeah, people seem to be listening. Pe- people are asking questions. Uh, we seem to be doing something okay. Because, I mean, I've definitely had uh, talks with people that have been like, Oh, I listened to it. Good job. But I was like, yeah, but you're my friend. So if you didn't, you'd be a bad friend. So and <laughs> you might also just be saying that to my face because you've met me in person. You might be lying. You know, I have had one conversation with someone that was like, oh, it'd be cool if you start doing this. And I was like, yeah, we were doing that by episode two, man. What episode did you say you're up to again? <laughs> the fourth? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. No, you're not. You're a liar. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Um, yeah. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> <laughs> I went off there. Yeah, you know. just. We, but what I was, so, what I was, what I was trying. What Matt's trying was, to say is, fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and not so many words. Well, actually, in a few more words. But yeah, fuck them. Uh, no, what I, what I was trying to say was, is that apart from having these conversations with friends that have said, you know, it's cool, I listen to it, getting questions from people that you know we don't know that there is participation coming from outside our circles. Uh, is really cool like so obviously people are finding it and are listening to it and some for some fucking weird reason like listening to you and me just go off on tangents yeah it's amazing when you um because you know again there's like elements to this it's like therapy for both of us and Mm -hmm. and 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 um something to look forward to and like a positive thing and being creative and shit like that but then there's like the fact that somebody could be listening to any other podcast or be doing watching YouTube. There's so much. They could be watching Twitch. They could be watching Netflix. They could be going to the movies. They could be on their fucking phone scrolling through social media. They could be doing all this other shit and yet they choose to listen to you. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I just fucking mad respect to anybody listening to us and, and getting those questions from people and comments and even like, yeah, just people I know and that I don't know. It's just like, I'm quite proud of this, eh? Like, it's cool. Yeah, man. Me too. I basically... Yeah. Uh, to, to wrap it up just want to thank everybody for getting us to 10 episodes uh, i want to thank tony for getting us to 10 episodes and mainly i want to thank myself because <laughs> i'm the fucking best Th- thank you matt <laughs> okay and here we are again at our mid-school memory and our year is 2004 uh, and the game I have chosen for this year is Dragon Quest VIII, Journey of the Cursed King. Oh, great. Another RPG from Matt. Uh, this is the I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is the first numbered Dragon Quest released after the Square Enix merger. Uh, all previous games had been released by Enix, uh, with the early ones also being known as Dragon Warrior in Japan. But they were sort of the two powerhouses when it came to RPGs in Japan. Enix, who made the Dragon Quest games, and Square, who of course made the Final Fantasies. And yeah, they merged into one big conglomerate and now 
majority of the RPGs sort of that get the Western releases uh, under Square Enix. This game had character illustrations drawn by Akira Toriyama, creator of Dragon Ball. Uh, he's done illustrations for the game since the very first one. Uh, and this was the first Dragon Quest I actually ever played. It was on the PS2. Uh, so it was a ga- game I was aware of, the series I was aware of. Like, I know it was even, it was huge in Japan. And I would read PlayStation magazines talking about it, and, you know, Nintendo magazines about the series. But it, I think a few did come statesides, but barely any came to our little neck of the woods. Uh, Australasia, New Zealand, and... Uh, it's basically just sort of the PAL NTSC thing always sort of held us back. So a lot of times I would hear about these amazing games, never get to play them. And again, even as we talked about earlier in the episode, wasn't a Nintendo kid, so didn't even get a chance to play them. But this is a tried and true traditional turn-based RPG. So we've got a nice medieval setting here. Uh, the kingdom in, in the game has been put under a terrible curse, turning all the townsfolk into plants. The king, of course, is uh, cursed as the title says. Uh, He's been transformed into a troll, and his beloved daughter is now a horse, and she pulls around the party's carriage for the majority of the game. Uh, Our hero is a guard at the castle who uh, escaped unscathed. Uh, Wink, wink. Obviously, there's some storyline to why he's unscathed. Who now travels to put right the wrongs that befell his king and people. Uh, There are four total playable characters. Uh, The unnamed character main protagonist you he's the one guy you get to put a name to otherwise you've got yangus the thief uh jessica the mage and angelo who's the priest in training who's kind of like a paladin uh but he's like a silver-haired pretty boy uh throughout the game you get to know them very well uh everyone gets time to have their own story arcs fleshed out nicely uh helped by pretty good voice acting for the time this form of storytelling like uh, giving actual voices to, to characters was pretty new at the time so every game on the market was trying to jump on this trend many games ended up being victims of this trend as a lot of these early attempts were pretty awful uh, i think the laughing scene in final fantasy 10 uh, that game wasn't completely terrible with voice acting but anyone that knows the laughing scene in final fantasy 10 knows exactly what i'm talking about when it comes to voice acting uh, and dragon quest itself pulled off the voices pretty well everyone was sort of it was like everyone was british pretty much and yangus in particular he was like a cockney thief talking all all right yeah love uh, he was pretty fun uh, you didn't have random battles like most RPGs. Uh, all enemies are visible on the screen. And this also led into one of the fun side quests slash minigames as you could recruit special monsters on the field which you could use in a team to battle in a monster coliseum. Uh, it basically stole ideas from Pokemon, but I dug it. The series is still going strong uh, as Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, came out in 2017 and was probably my favourite game of that year. Uh, and its special edition is coming soon to PS4. Uh, I think it's already out on the Switch, which I think they just called Dragon Quest XI S, but I am intending to pick that up at some stage too to replay with all its extra dungeons. But yeah, 2004's Dragon Quest VIII, Journey of the Cursed King, was my mid-school memory. What have you got for us, Suz? Dope, man. I've never played a a Dragon Quest game, but there's something that's on the cards that I want to try. Yeah, they're very much like how i sort of talked about persona just being still holding the flag waving the flag for um being a turn-based role-playing game their format has not changed much over the years just the graphics have gotten better but they always do really good storytelling and have interesting characters and fun side quests and yeah just if you want sort of a a good series of turn-based rpgs you can't go wrong with dragon quest games nice Okay, well, I'll get into mine, which is a 2004 action-adventure game developed by Rockstar North and is published by Rockstar Games. 
you can probably guess what it is already. Apparently it's one of the best selling games, or the best selling selling games on the PS2. And it's the grand it's the seventh title in the Grand Theft Auto series. The follow-up to the get 2002 game Vice City. And it's Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Rad. So my my experience with this game is not unfortunately not too in depth. I did play the campaign a little bit, but this was mostly a game that I enjoyed going around to people's places if there was like a party or a friend's house or something was happening. And it it, it was such a cool game because you could take turns and it's not like a game like, I don't know, like Halo or something like that, where it's like a shooter and you're both playing and you both got the controller. It was sort of like you could enjoy, it was almost like Twitch before Twitch. You could enjoy watch watching somebody play like any mm. of the Grand Theft Autos are kind of like this. You enjoy somebody playing it and you could, cause you just kind of skirmish around, you chuck in a cheat and you just like blow shit up and yep. whatever. You just try and do sketchy shit. Um, it was a mind blowing game for back in the day. Just like much like, um, I feel like I'm kind of blanket talking about these games as well with like five and vice city and stuff, but it's what they've kind of become, haven't they? They're quite a, I, I remember playing those games back in the day, even from grand theft auto three on the PS2. And they were just such a yep. social aspect. Like, and it was one of those things you were right. Where like you could be catching up with everyone that was in the mood to go skating or drinking under a bridge in a park, but everyone was just like, no, nah, we just stopped and watched someone play that game. And you know, they were quite a, a weird social thing for, teenage kids to be you know i guess at the, the their prime that were meant to be off causing mischief just being stuck inside playing video games i loved it <laughs> yeah it was great and by the looks of it this game had a real cool like rpg mechanic of actually being able to so you, you played as like cj and you're like the head of like grove street and you end up branching out so instead of it being like it was more of a state that you were playing in it wasn't just like a, a, a one town it sort of branched out like so the map was quite big yeah, and I think the biggest thing with this game is it's quite cool how the characters like interacted with one another. So like the storyline went along quite well. I remember it got, there was a character, and I don't remember his name, so someone else would. But anyway, he kind of reminded me of like Easy E. He like wore a hat and he like was smoking and had big glasses and shit. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of found Ryder. Like and right, okay, there you go. Yeah, so I remember that a lot. And again, I don't have too much to say, unfortunately, but I feel like everyone knows this game and mm. knows what it is. And it's to do with like early 90s, like hip hop scene and the crack epidemic and, and things like that. I'll just say as well, to link into your mid-school memory, but also with Kirsten's question, uh, the soundtrack for San Andreas and even Vice City were pretty dope. Listening to those radio stations were really rad. Yeah, that, that was an element in the game that... Um, from so before i do these i i generally watch a youtube video and stuff and have a little bit of a read up just to jog my memory and that was a big thing the fact that like and that's why i like the og xbox with amped and then playing like real music that was a big element to it but with this you could choose radio stations so like mm. it was on the cd and on you know playing off the ps2 and whatever the xbox or wherever you're playing it off but it's like yeah that game was real cool for having the fact that you could change the stations and it was like actual music and shit yeah there was one other thing I was going to say, which is like, it was a game that had a, um, had, there was like obviously graphic violence and, and sexual content and things, but it actually had a part in it, which there was a software patch that somebody figured out to put in what was called a hot coffee mod. And you basically could have a, there was like a hidden sexual scene because like movies and 
pop culture and all that, like certain elements of certain things, and, and, and it was okay to have sex scenes now and stuff. I mean, it always kind of has been, but I think that around this time that this game came out, they were trying to push the envelope a lot more, and they were like, well, in movies and stuff, people can have sex and you can see it and stuff, so why can't you in a video game? But there's that obvious thing that <laughs> kids play video games, so I, can, I get that. But So apparently the guy that made this took that out of the game um, obviously not fully if there was like a software patch for somebody to find it but it was to do with the rating because if it had it in it it would have definitely been an R18 game so in order to get it as like a I think it was an M rating he managed to he took that bit out in order to, to get that completed and um, oh there's RPG elements in the fact that you can make um, the main character you can make him get fat or you can make him bulk up like get um, you know like make him get muscly um, and I remember bolting around this was a game that it was like a bit of a drought with like BMX games and stuff and you could like jump on a BMX and do like jumps and shit. Right. But yeah, it's just a real cool open world game. And like I say, just chucking in cheats and getting five stars and trying to keep the cops off you and trying to survive and just skirmishing. I did a lot of that as opposed yep. to the storyline, but it is something that I would like to go back to and like go through all of this Grand Theft Autos and actually do the campaigns. Um, yep. But yeah, that that's my game for this year. Yeah. Nice. What uh, what year have you got for us next? Yeah, so I, ha I always forget this, but it's cool that you prompt me with it. So, yeah, uh, my year is 2010. 2010. Yep. Cool. Well, that was our last coin, our last continue, and our last life. We've reached the kill screen. That's it for us in this episode. Thanks so much for listening. It means a lot to us. Give us a follow and a like, even, on and comment if you have the time on our Instagram. That's a bye from me. And a bye from me. Catch us on the next episode of It Bleeds Pixels. Are you ready, kids? <laughs> Places. <laughs>
Kids, you stupid motherfuckers. What the hell's wrong with you, kids? <laughs>